I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Just past 10 o'clock Eastern here on The Fan. It's Doug Williams back with you, here with you until midnight Eastern, when I hand the torch over to my friend Sal Akata. Um You know, I don't, I can give you my opinion, just uh, it's framed exactly like all of you at home about the Jets and Mike White and Zach Wilson. Um, but it's good sometimes to ask people who watch the game through a different lens, watch the game a little bit closer, and just frankly know a little bit more than you. And that's always the case with my friend Connor Rogers. He's the Jets pre- and post-game um, analyst over at SNY, does the Mets pod at SNY. You could see him at PFF and NBC Sports. Um, Connor, thank you for the time uh, on this uh, late Tuesday night. Um, I have been talking to Jets fans. Some of them want uh, you to embrace Mike White as the savior. Some of them are more reasonable in saying, oh, let's cool it and take it week by week. When you watched his performance against the Bears, was that a singular and unique performance that told you something about what this rest of the season might be like for them? It's a great question, Doug. When you look at it, there's, there's two ways to evaluate it, right? And I think they're both fair. The first is that the Bears' defense is an absolute dumpster fire right now. They're dealing with injuries to young draft assets that like Jaquan Brisker – um, they've unloaded veterans. They're just not a very talented unit, and right now they don't look like a well-organized unit. On the flip side, Mike White could not have played a better game in a monsoon, and I think the way you do it really, or the way at least I do it going into this week by week with him, is you evaluate him in a nutshell, right? When you look at him going through his reads, you look at how comfortable he is in the pocket, stepping up and making throws, hanging in the pocket, making throws, being able to scan the field and understand where his outlet is and how much time he has to get the ball out to get to that outlet and understanding the team around him even more so than last year when he had that big game against the Bengals has playmakers that create their own yards after the catch. Obviously he's had work with Elijah Moore uh, in practice and in games for the last two years now, but Garrett Wilson's a new face and Garrett Wilson exploded with Mike White under center and Garrett Wilson also had his other biggest game of the year with Joe Flacco in week two. So Garrett Wilson's a superstar, but he needs a quarterback that can hang in there and give him the time for him to do what he does best, and that's beat man coverage and make explosive plays with the ball in his hand. So I look at it and go, Mike White absolutely deserves a shot week by week, and I don't think it should be a situation where we react to him making that first interception of the year or one bad throw or one bad game. 
I think it, I'm not going to react and say he's what this team needs for the next five years, but he is absolutely what this team needs for this season. Here's the thing, Connor, and it makes your job harder and it makes being a Jet fan harder that um, the team is so good around the quarterback position that Jets fans haven't known um, how to feel about the future even next week because the quarterback play has been so up and down and Zach Wilson can stay out of the way like he did against the Bills and you get a win or he can get right in the middle of your chance to do that like he did against the Patriots twice. So... Now that we've seen the good from Mike White, knowing that the bad is there, and we've seen that last year as well, do you think if he's somewhere in between, the roster around that guy is good enough to compete to go deep into a playoff run? I do. I I really do. Now, deep is is tough because of the conference they're in. You're going to have to run into somebody that is just further along than you. Let's be fair and understand that the Jets' win total was set at five and a half before the season. And with the way they are going right now, Robert Sala deserves as much as anybody else in the NFL to be one of the front runners for NFL Coach of the Year. And when you look at it, I don't even know if the Jets expected to be here just because guys have taken steps that are truly unpredictable. Yes, Sauce Gardner was a top-five pick, but no rookie corner plays like this, especially with what's put on his plate. D.J. Reed a former day three pick and their free agent signing is just 25 years old. Yeah. He's been a nice starter in the NFL, even going back to last year, but this is a level of play that he's unlocked. That is truly, truly special as an outside corner. That's under six feet tall. He's about five foot nine. Obviously the pass rush has clicked knock on wood. They've had pretty good injury luck on the defensive side of the ball, not on the offensive side of the ball, but that defense is a top five unit across the NFL. And yes, to go back to your original point, Doug, if Mike White is somewhere in between what he was for the most part of last year, this summer, and now this year, if he's just solid for them, I don't think they need more than that. You have to realize this is a coaching staff on the offensive side of the football and under the head coach of Robert Sala that when they made that big Super Bowl run with the 49ers a couple of years ago, Jimmy G was the quarterback, and Jimmy G's fine. Jimmy G's a fine player. He can execute the system. He can get the ball out. But the big part of that offense is having the offensive line in front of him that can keep him upright and getting the ball through high-end playmakers. And that's what the Jets have tried to rebuild here in New York with this coaching staff. So, listen, you're, at some point you're going to run into maybe a Miami in the postseason or a Kansas City or one of those teams. Uh, we'll see if they're equipped for that kind of challenge yet. But how can you just outright say the Jets have no chance when they've already taken down a Buffalo team that has been the big-time Super Bowl favorite almost the entire year. The de- defense travels. The run game travels. We've seen them do that in the playoffs. It was a long, long time ago, but Jets fans know what that's like. They remember what that's like, and that's what this team is going to try to ride on as well. Well, and this is what's interesting, Connor, because unless the, the quarterback position loses games for the Jets, and we've seen that happen this year, but unless that happens, there are – very uh, few examples of times where the Jets felt like the the worst team and that that they they felt like an inferior product uh, to the team on the other side of the field. So it, this is kind of a funny way of asking this question. But if unless Mike White starts playing like Zach Wilson was, turning the ball over recklessly, uh, missing open receivers, um, how in in any situation? Does Zach Wilson come back from this with this team and not somewhere else? It's a great question, and I don't, I don't see it this year. And I know Robert Sala has left it open, but 
a lot of Zach Wilson's problems are a combination of obviously mental, whether it's confidence, whether it's consistency, and that has trickled down into a physical aspect, which is his mechanics. And when you tie those two together as both problems, that's something that needs an offseason and a summer, in my eyes, to work on, uh, not something that you give him a breather for a week or two. And, you know, to say that Mike White, unless he plays like Zach Wilson, the reality is every advanced metric and the eye test of the film, and the Jets coaches know this as much as more than anybody, Zach Wilson's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and it really hit a climax against New England when things like screen passes became the impossible. And Mike White, yeah, he's going to have his problems. There's going to be days where the Jets' offensive line, that's a banged-up unit, goes against a tougher pass rush unit, and that'll be the case against Minnesota, and he won't have all of that time. But they they can dial back this offense with Mike White in a way that they tried for Zach Wilson with those screens, those outlets, those rub routes, and he just could not execute that. So that's what's going to be fascinating going to next year. If you're Joe Douglas, you've built this really, really good roster. You have a coaching staff that you can feel confident in them winning you big-time games. Do you hand the keys to that car and put all your eggs in that Zach Wilson turning it around basket? My gut is he will be back, but my real gut feeling is he will not be the entrenched starter. They will either have him in competition with a veteran, they'll have him in a competition with Mike White, or they'll outright just look to upgrade that position because of how far along this roster uh, really, really found its stride at such a young age. Um, I'm going to ask you to, to kind of um, talk about the future with the the other team uh, that plays at MetLife and the Giants because we've been talking about Daniel Jones, and let's say nothing really changes. Maybe the Giants miss the playoffs, they win one or two more games this year, or if they make the playoffs, they lose uh, their first-round uh, matchup, and Daniel Jones is, you know, game manager with uh, elite uh, quarterback speed and has shown us that he can not make mistakes, not turn the ball over, and you can win football games with him. Do you see the Giants' decision this upcoming offseason as easy? Is he, as that version of himself, much better than the alternative, whether it's in free agency trades or the draft? It's a great question because you look at it, they have the familiarity. They're with Daniel Jones every day. They know exactly what they're getting, and they know exactly where his limitations lie. So I think it will ultimately come down to Daniel Jones' market. Does Daniel Jones want to stay with the Giants and get that extension done before free agency, or does he want to test the often unpredictable waters of quarterback free agency that we don't often see starters really find their way to? And that creates a hard line in the sand for the Giants where – what is Daniel Jones going to you know, really command on the open market, Doug? That's my biggest question for, uh, for me. He's 25 years old. You look at some contracts out there, and quarterback contracts get crazy. You have the low end of things, Marcus Mariota, who was essentially on that two-year, $20 million deal. Daniel Jones is going to blow that out of the water in my eyes. But then you have the Ryan Tannehill side of deals, a four-year contract north of $100 million a year. I don't know if Daniel Jones gets there. That seems kind of crazy. You're really betting on his traits to pan out long-term if somebody's willing to give him that. But you don't have the fifth-year option because you didn't pick that up. You're not going to franchise tag him because even though it's a one-year deal, you're not paying him like a top-five quarterback. So the Giants need to find that common ground. And if they can't, then they have to explore a veteran market because, quite frankly, they've just won too many games to be a big-time factor in this draft. They can draft a developmental quarterback, whether it's Anthony Richardson from Florida, but they're out of the range of Bryce Young, Uh, out of the range of C.J. Stroud. They're even out of the range of Will Levis. So when you look at this for the Giants, 
They're going to have to draft a developmental quarterback if that's the route they want to go, or they have to roll it back with a veteran, which is an interesting market. When you look at guys like Jacoby Brissett, will Derek Carr be a trade option for the Raiders? I think the Giants' ideal plan is to find common ground on a a kind of bridge contract with Jones. Can you get him back on a three-year deal? Maybe two of the years are guaranteed, but you're also saving some money on the cap, not being tied to a quarterback making north of $40 million a year. Talking to Connor Rogers, um, do you see just generally with the Giants roster, do you see them as similar to the Jets in, you know, grand scheme? Yeah, it's been similar because we didn't have high expectations for either team and they both outperformed those. But do you see too many question marks for the Giants roster going into next year? Or do you see them like the Jets as being surrounded by winners that just need a quarterback? I think they're in a solid place. And I think they're going to deal with the same expectations the Jets went through, where in year two, maybe not everybody's expecting playoffs. Although the Giants started off so hot this year that maybe they've raised those expectations. But they have a lot of young players that are still figuring out, noticeably on the offensive line, where Andrew Thomas has been phenomenal. Evan Neal's starting to get healthy. Uh, they obviously do have their draft picks this year. They had to really wipe that slate clean with cap space. They were just drowning in absolute cap hell and sunk costs from the Dave Gettleman regime that eventually, maybe not this offseason, although they'll have some flexibility this offseason, down the road they'll, they'll be able to make this roster the way Brian Dable wants to construct it. You have Darius Slayton that's going to hit free agency. You want to get Kenny Galladay's money off the books as soon as you possibly can. So you need to figure out what your wide receiver room is going to look like outside the only guy they drafted under this regime in Wandale Robinson. you got to figure out the Saquon Barkley contract at some point. But on the defensive side of things, they have a lot of young players, especially up front. Wink Martindale's a guy that often can scheme enough pressure to help his players on the back end. So they're not as far away on paper as, as everybody thinks. The big variable the Giants regime will have to figure out, and this will be new territory for them because that regime was involved in trading up and getting Josh Allen. This Giants team might not have the opportunity to move up for a quarterback, but maybe we'll see them run that playbook again as well. So quarterback will be the gigantic variable for a somewhat solid roster, but an ascending roster. All right, um, last one for you, Connor, and this is more leaning on your draft knowledge. I'm watching Caleb Williams, watching college football on Saturdays, and you realize that the the norm now is these guys who have the ability to make your jaw drop, uh, not just run around the pocket, but uh, run for significant yardage, and we are seeing basically only stellar athletes playing the position. And I look around the NFL, and we're close to the half of these guys being that level of player, and soon I'm sure – will be closer to 100%. Have you noticed a, a, a significant um, uptick in the quality of athlete at the position? And has it in certain ways made coaching the position and analyzing the position more difficult in that we're kind of asking these guys to play two positions in one now? Yeah, I definitely have. I remember my first real boots-on-the-ground kind of year scouting where I was traveling all over and seeing a lot of players in person was the year that Jared Goff went first overall, and now you look at Jared Goff's skill set, and not a bad starter in this league, not a great starter in this league, just an average guy for the, for the Detroit Lions right now that needs a good offensive line in front of him because he just doesn't have that foot quickness to get outside the pocket and make plays or extend plays or really throw on the run in that nature. And now you go fast forward years later and you look at the guys that get valued that way. I think the best ones are the ones that can run, but obviously are mostly throw-throw run rather than run-run-throw. And you have unique examples like a Lamar Jackson 
Jalen Hurts early in his career leaned on the run while he developed as a passer. Now he's developed into quite an accomplished passer while having that run toolbox uh, in his toolkit. So there's a fine balance, I think. When you look at Joe Burrow, he's still a pocket passer first. When you look at Justin Herbert, he's a he can move the pocket outside the hashes and outside his offensive lineman, you know, the shoulders of his tackles. But he's not somebody that's consistently looking to run. So I think it's finding the right balance, what kind of offense do you want to be? And if the guy does not have that athleticism, does he have the processing speed to make up for it and know when to get the ball out? But absolutely, Doug, in the scouting world, things are shifting where these high-end athletes are playing the position. Seven-on-seven is gaining more popularity. It's turned into a little bit of backyard football. But at the end of the day, that just buys guys time to develop. It's not a repeatable style that you can live by year after year, which I think Kyler Murray is honestly learning that the hard way in that struggling Arizona offense. Connor Rogers, always a pleasure to talk a little bit of football with you, my friend. One of these days we'll talk Mets as well, but there's a lot to cover with these two teams, and we really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your Tuesday night to do so, my friend. Anytime, Doug. Thanks so much for having me, man. We'll talk soon. Of course. I, I think of uh, Zach Wilson when Connor's making that point about Kyler Murray because it's – um, in college, you see guys like Caleb Williams have the ability to make these insane plays and turn nothing into not just something, but something big. And the the cautionary tale of Zach Wilson is that when those guys get away with it in college, evaluators in the NFL are going to need to start saying to them, hey, what you did there is part of why we drafted you, but you can't do those things at the NFL level. Not just do them and stay healthy, but do them and be effective and good at your job. Um, two kind of open-ended questions and the reason that I want to hear from Giants and Jets fans. 877-337-6666. So you heard Connor talking about a potential uh, Daniel Jones contract. Bridge contract, the word the word that he used. Um, two or three years, not a ton of money. Less than Ryan Tannehill, more than Marcus Mariota. Are you comfortable with that? Because in my opinion, sitting here as, as a Giants fan, it reminds me, I'm trying to think of how I would feel in three years. If quarterback uh, position continues to evolve and um, we're surrounded by the talent that we are, and Daniel Jones is no dinosaur, he's not Matt Ryan, he can run, he's an elite runner, in fact, when he's given the opportunity to be. But it feels a little bit like settling in a couple, right? You pick somebody, you get married, and then you look around being like, wow, I, there was a lot of fish in the sea, and I, I just I went for the first thing that came. And there, as Connor said, there's familiarity there between the Giants and Daniel Jones. The Giants are going to be looking for common ground, as Connor said. So if they can find that, they'll go with him, right? But do you imagine yourself watching uh, in two or three years, watching the same guys that wow you now. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I should say. Um, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Um, do you look into the, 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 the future and say, we can do better if you're a Giants fan? Or do you think he's proven enough to, to prove that he's part of your future? Um, and as for the Jets, here would be my question. Um, if you are like the caller earlier, and you're sick and tired of hearing people like me throw water on on the the Mike White train and say why just let us believe in this guy, um, why do you think that other than what you've seen, 
that other than the fact that he's not Zach Wilson, what really gives you the right to tell me that it should be week by week, that he's a backup 27-year-old quarterback, and that it's a little early to factor him in to next year's quarterback position for the Jets. That's all I'm saying. So why do you think Mike White is the guy? You have the same sample size. You have the, you've watched the same games that I have. Other than wishing for it to happen, what gives you the confidence? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.